When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Happy Thursday, more importantly, happy June 15th. It is the eighth anniversary of the 2015 Stanley Cup Championship. Yeah, that's right. My math is correct. The eighth anniversary of the 2015 Stanley Cup <laughs> the Championship. Last real playoff series win. That's right. We're going to talk about that, of course. Uh, we got some time left after all the memories. We're going to see what the Hawks can maybe learn from the Vegas Golden Knights. But before we get to, into any of it, we want you to smash that like button for us on YouTube. See a lot of people watching, but not a lot of likes. Smash that like button for us. Smash get it. into the habit of doing that every time you log on to any CHGO sports video. Make sure you are subscribed to the page as well. Turn on those notifications so you know when we go live. That's always a great little uh, little hack for you there. Yeah. We've also got our podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen, make sure you're following or subscribe there. And a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify would be great. Yeah. It would be. Yeah. You know what else would be fun? Greatly appreciated. You may have heard that 13 days from now, Connor Bedard is going to be a Chicago Blackhawk. It's going to happen in Nashville, and we're going to be in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And you should come hang out with us on that Tuesday before the draft, June 27th. Join us at Hopsmith Nashville. That is right by Bridgestone Arena for an all-inclusive happy hour. There'll be uh, community food provided as well as all-you-can-drink alcohol from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Come hang out and talk Blackhawks draft with the three of us uh, before the draft starts. It's going to be a great time. AllCHGO.com is the place to go to buy your tickets. So if you're, if you're a new diehard or you're not a diehard yet, here's what you should know. You're going to save 20% on the event if you're a diehard. If you're a diehard, you're going to want to go to the diehard tab on the page and go to diehard events. That will take you to the special link for diehards only. If you're not a diehard, go to the event tab and go to the CHGO road trips tab, and that will take you to the ticket. So there's two separate ticket tabs depending on whether or not you're a diehard. So diehards use the diehard tab, normies. Use the events tab, but become a diehard. And then eventually become a diehard. Yeah, it's a really, really a good opportunity to become a diehard. You get a free shirt or hat. It's sign up, access to all the great stuff we write, and uh, a nonstop discount on everything CHGO. So it Mm -hmm. pays for itself in short order, and you will save significantly on your ticket for our uh, Hopsmith event. And part of your ticket is our brand new T-shirt design that we'll be dropping uh, the the next day on Wednesday after the first overall pick is made. We will make our brand new CHGO Blackhawks t-shirt design available. And part of your ticket, you will be one of the first to ever own that new design hmm. centered around that first overall pick. So it's a Leo Carlson shirt. Cool. Yes. Leo Carlson. Sleepy yep. Leo. There you go. <laughs> so that that's going to be a great flag time. On a pillow. <laughs> make sure you get those tickets quick, too, because you don't want to get down to Nashville and be like, oh, I meant to do this. And then the events is sold out. You want to make yeah. sure you get in. Get the chance to hang out with us uh, at Hopsmith in Nashville. Yep. It is a ticketed event, so you can't just wander into Hopsmith and hang out. you got to have a ticket to take advantage of the happy hour and the well, food. Well, you can and- still go into Hopsmith. You just won't yeah. get all the, 
you know, benefits of having the ticket. Yes. The all-inclusive all drinks and food. And there's no way you're going to get all those drinks and all that food for as little as this ticket costs. No. Especially when you consider the cost of a t-shirt. So and do it. Getting to hang out and be excited about Connor Bedard with the three of us, with our crew that's going to be down there. I mean, you can't put a price on no. that. No. It's going to be great. So make sure you join us there. Tuesday the 27th, Hopsmith, Nashville. We will see you there. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time. So let's start. 2015 feels like not yesterday. No, feels like a it long feels like time it was ago. eight years ago. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> eight like very eight years long years ago. ago. We had that decade of 2020 in between. There. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really. Oh, yeah. That was uh, that was a memorable, memorable day for sure. I was lucky enough to be there as a fan. Uh, I still had my season tickets at that point, but for that year, that run, my mom had gotten like a a relationship with a ticket rep and they would call her for every round and offer her one game because she'd buy tickets in the ADA sections so they would call her so she got one game for each round all of them were in the 200 level except for this one but I remember she called and said yeah the ticket rep says I, I he can get me tickets for one game for the cup final she's like should I do games three or four I go, no, you do game six. Yeah, game six. She's like, well, that might not happen. I go, it's going to happen. And remember, what year did they win the, what game did they win the cup in 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 2010? Six. What game (laughs) did they win the cup in in 2013? Six. There you go. There you go. So she got the tickets. I went with her that day. Uh, We were up way up in the 300 level. Um, But uh, cool little thing. Uh, my, My dad, who was a huge Blackhawks fan, he passed away in 2012. I had gotten my mom this little like crystal <clears throat> vial thing that you wear on a necklace that, that you could put ashes in, and we put a little bit of my dad's ashes and took him to the game that night. So nice. that was That's that was awesome. that was cool. It was, it was a great cool. night. Started with that um, like ridiculous thunderstorm that rolled yes. through because <laughs> uh, we'd gotten there super early to make sure we get a spot in the handicap block because it's so small, and if you're there, you know, 20 minutes after it opens, you're not getting a spot, and. Uh, we sat in the car through that thunderstorm. It was insane. God. Like yeah. how that, that night was crazy. I, I, I remember cup was delayed. Yeah. It was stuck in traffic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had to do, I was supposed to do a broadcast from the Ogden mm-hmm. right here in the West loop. And uh, we had done a couple there like throughout the playoffs and it was fine. And then I showed up the night of game six, you know, before the game and I go, I'm here for the live broadcast. And they're like, Oh yeah, here you go. And they literally gave me like one of these kind of tables I'm like, we have to do a live broadcast. Like, I need, like, two large tables. We have a whole uh, – well, we don't have room for that. Full setup, yeah. Okay, well, I can't be here then. So I had to get in a cab, get back to the NBC Tower. Was it NBC? Yeah, wherever it was, or Prudential. I don't remember where we were at that point. Um, and get to the station in time for the game. It was just chaos. It was a chaotic night, and yeah. the weather-wise and scrambling and everything. But I was in—I walked into Ogden like there's no room for me here. Yeah. Before they even told me there was no room for me there, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not having a live broadcast here. We don't. No one's gonna care. This place <laughs> is gonna be trashed. You're probably better off not being here." I was kind of relieved actually. Yeah. To be in the comforts yeah, of a studio that and would, not to, that would have been bad had, news it, bears. Yeah. If you had. Uh, if you had forged through and, and done that broadcast, that would have been a nightmare. Every cup win has had a chaotic post-game story to it. Oh, I was yeah. sick for 2010. Mm-hmm. 2013, I was in Boston in a radio studio, and we lost our connection. So I'm on the air on my phone here, and I'm on another phone yelling at the engineer. 
So I'm interviewing John McDonough. Hey, congratulations on another Stanley Cup. How's it feel? Great, Jay. And I go over here. You got to get me on the air. And I'm screaming like on the other phone. I'm going back and forth. They finally get it fixed. And then 15 <laughs> with the storm and the stuff at the Ogden. But hey, I, I guess. Uh, are, are, th- are those recordings archived for 20, I don't know. Well, I 2013? That, I'd love to hear so that. So the producer knew <laughs> that I was not listening to the responses. Right, yeah. Because it, was, it wasn't just me. I was on like with other people there. Okay. So they knew as soon as I asked my question to just put the microphone, you, you know, turn me, you know, put me on hold or whatever and let me handle it because it was absolute oh, chaos. Man. It was chaos. Having having worked as a, as a radio producer as well, like those, those instances, even on just, you know, because I've, I've run the board for a bunch, bunch of different events before, doing a hockey game, losing, losing you know, uh, the connection on like a regular season, you know, Wednesday night Milwaukee Admirals hockey game, I was, I'm just sweating buckets. I'm yeah. like freaking out. So to do it after the Stanley Cup is, is you know, is won uh, in Chicago for like, the, uh, you know, the score, a huge radio station, I couldn't imagine being in that, like my heart <laughs> would just be jumping out of my chest. I have to say too, after, after 17 seconds, the Boston engineers that were there to help me were not Probably super didn't enthusiastic. Give sh- you didn't give a shit. Yeah, they weren't <laughs> super rushed to get me on the air in Chicago to celebrate the cup win. And the other thing, too, is I'm, I know we're talking 2013, sorry, but I was in a studio and there was a, a glass window and another guy was doing a show on the other side and he had a Bruins jersey on. <laughs> so we can't hear each other, but we yeah. can see each other and we're all reacting to the same game. It was crazy. It was a crazy experience. Uh, one of my favorite YouTube videos of all time, uh, you can still find it, is it is side by side game six i know again we're supposed to be talking about 2015 <laughs> but it's a camera in a boston sports bar and a camera in a chicago sports bar going through that night mm-hmm. and they just the difference in emotions on like how in real time one side was like all ready to celebrate and then the other side all of a sudden and then to see both mm-hmm. reactions to the 17 seconds in real time is pretty pretty crazy but yeah, yeah. That we're, we're talking later, about 2015 <laughs> well, later this month we'll we'll have some time to reminisce yeah. on the yes. on the 10 we'll year anniversary that but we'll get yeah there. that that 2015 uh cup was you know that that run was just you know, we talk about teams feeling like this is a team that's got that's got the it factor. That was again one of those instances where, you know, the the playoff run started shaky with you know Corey Crawford and Scott Darling uh, not having their best games to to begin the series uh, against against Nashville, and you know Crawford looks bad to begin. Darling goes in, saves saves the game, but then he starts looking bad, so they go back to Crawford, and then he eventually figures it out. Um, and yeah, like it just, it just kind of got off to that rough start, but the, the, the person that con that you could constantly go back to, um, and, and feel like, okay, things are going to be okay. was, uh, that year was Duncan Keith. Like the, the performance that he had in that cut, in that cup run, um, I, I, it's going to be very hard for, for a, def, a defenseman to, to replicate that, the kind of impact he had, the amount of time he played. Yeah. Um, and, and, and just, it's, and not only him, but that whole defensive group got decimated through, th- through, the, through the postseason to, to the point where, you know, they're playing the cup final and 
you're just rotating Keith Seabrook, Jalmerson, and Oduya, yep. and Kimo Timonen and Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Thanks for coming for you know, five like minutes four a night. Five minutes, yeah. yeah. No, you essentially had four defensemen that whole. Yep. And then in the series. final, as it as it was revealed, as it always is after the cup is awarded, all the injuries. Johnny Oduya had like a broken hand and wrist, so he literally could only like function with one hand. So you're basically playing th- with three and a half defensemen, and it's just crazy how you know it speaks to how how much you need depth at every position uh and and guys that you can rely on just just looking at the stats from the cup clinching game eight years ago today game six chemo teaming and played 339 trevor yeah. ram ram van reamsdyke played 430 yeah just uh, duncan Keith 30 minutes jarmelson 25 Oduya 24, Seabrook 27. Yeah. I mean, and that was they, game six of the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, there was, you know, you, you talk about needing depth, um, but you also need to be able to, to have guys that you can rely on. And when you have four that you can, you know, rotate through and know each one of them every time they're on the ice, things are going to be okay. Just look what happened to the Panthers this week. They yeah. just completely ran out of gas in that Stanley Cup final. And here you guy, here you got a team in this cup final winning the Stanley Cup with four defensemen, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. They never like McKeith was a machine. It, it, an absolute he was a cyborg. Like he I don't think he's human. No, and I'm glad that the league recognized that too and gave him to Con Smythe because mm-hmm. yeah. he absolutely deserved it. And well, I don't he know, had he, the game winner in the in the Keith, last Keith, game too. I say this about Keith a lot. Like he was so good that he was almost taken for granted. It wasn't even a conversation about Duncan Keith as whether or not he can or will. It was, yes, he's going to check that box. Don't worry about like it. You, yeah. It was not even – Duncan Keith was not even a thought entering a playoff series because it was he was so damn good, so damn reliable, and I, I, it's, it's hard to even, like, go back and, and fathom how good of a defenseman he was. I, it's, it's unreal. And, and you can honestly have the conversation of – as you look at the dynasty Blackhawks, that Duncan Keith was the best player of that of that team. Yeah, at, at doing what they do, Duncan Keith was the best in the league first and foremost defenseman for mm-hmm. a stretch of three four years. I don't think there's much question about it, but maybe the most valuable hawk during that run, maybe the best overall player during that run. Like, Taves, Kane, great, like, all those great highlights, great moments. But without Duncan Keith, you win exactly zero Stanley Cups. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I mean, he's you, – you look at the last 10 Stanley Cup winners, and they all have those kinds of defensemen, those yeah. un, 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 unquestioned, number one, load-carrying defensemen. And, and he did that for almost his entire career with, with, with the Blackhawks. Uh, save for maybe a year or two at the beginning and a year or two at the end, um, you know, he was he was just that guy that you always penciled in uh, to be like, yeah, he's gonna be fine. Don't worry about him. He's gonna do exactly what he needs to do, uh, and 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 be able to bring it every night. And and that run was like kind of the last last like last run of of the peak of his career. And and man, did it it just like embodied everything that he brought to. Uh, the Blackhawks throughout throughout his time, and yeah, I, I, I think you know for a defenseman 
to win the Con Smythe, you have to be, it has to be a really special performance. Uh, and, and he absolutely uh, put that one in. He led all uh, defensemen in points uh, for the postseason, 21 points in 23 games, uh, three goals and 18 assists. Uh, that is my math. Uh, next defenseman in points was on the Tampa Bay Lightning, Victor Hedman, a, very, a young Victor Hedman, 14 points. So he, I mean, as far as, as defensive scoring goes, he was the man. As far as, you know, play, eating minutes, uh, the only person who averaged more minutes per game in that playoff, uh, in that postseason, uh, than Duncan Keith, which he logged 31 minutes and seven seconds average per game. Uh, was Roman Yossi 31 minutes and 37 seconds yeah, per game, but he only did it for six games. Yeah, so. right. it, it helped that he had five overtimes. <laughs> yeah, games that right, exactly. So, yeah, I don't Spe- even count that. Speaking of overtime, there were two games in the playoffs that year, 2015. Uh, the game against Anaheim, uh, game two against Anaheim, he played 49 minutes and 51 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, game four against Anaheim, 40 minutes, 39 seconds. I mean, it's crazy. And that, and game one of the, uh, or no, I'm thinking of the different, I'm thinking of 2013. But yeah, like just those, to be able to play deep into those games and still be so impactful, like it, it's, it's crazy. And yeah, I mean, he had, it, it helps too when you talk about depth, like you go back and not only did Dunk, was Duncan Keith carrying a huge, uh, a huge weight, but also Brent Seabrook was, was performing and Nicholas Jalmerson was, was playing his role perfectly. And I think, when you t- when you look back to a lot of the, the the cup winners in the last years, it's it's a lot of superstars playing up to their billing, and then also role players playing exactly the role that they're expected to. And and when you have a team like hitting each benchmark, it's tough to, it's tough to beat that. And and you look at what the what the Golden Knights did compared to what the Panthers had to do. Uh, we t- we talked about it in the last last few days. Alexander Barkov was just like he's the captain. He's like this do everything guy for the Panthers. But it was just like those big moments. They weren't his. They were Matthew Kachuk's. And then when Matthew Kachuk wasn't there, they didn't have those those yeah. those big players step up and well, hit those. The, bench the Panthers bars. had to have guys play above and beyond their expectations. Yeah. With the Knights and the 2015 Blackhawks, just do what you're supposed Reach to do. That, see, do your job. That's a great yeah. point because I think every Hawks Cup. Several Hawks had an argument for Conn Smythe. Because mm-hmm. they were just, they, they had four lines that would beat your yes, ass. Yes, exactly. And if, if had, had Florida won the cup, the, the conversation would have been Kachuk or Bobrovsky. Yeah. And Kachuk probably would have won it because yeah. he basically pulled them kicking and screaming into the cup final. Um, with those Hawks teams, though, every year, like Kane won it in 2013. He said it should have gone to Corey Crawford. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, there have, and that's the thing is, like you said, Mario, Everyone's contributing exactly what they're supposed to contribute, and I think it was uh, Narfin said uh, that he that Taze, that Keith was a little bit overshadowed by Taze and Kane. You know what? I think that's exactly how Keith liked it. Yeah, he didn't want to be the focal point. He didn't want to be the guy getting all the attention. That's not his personality. Yep. He was just allowed to not be the face of the team, go out and do his damn thing, and that's what he did every night. In in probably twenty seven, twenty eight other markets. Uh, when he when he was playing, he would have been captain and face of of, oh, of a team. Absolutely, yeah. and because he was on, you know, he was part of that Blackhawks group through that run. 
you know, they had so many players that could be captain and faces of, of other teams. It's just they were all together. Seabrook was a guy like that. Uh, Patrick Kane, if he, you know, if he had played on another team, he probably would have been captain and, and the sole face of another team. But they were all together and they all kind of sh- shouldered that load. And you had four, five, six, seven actual leaders within the locker room. And it's, it's something that, like, is super hard to replicate. Well, we talk about how great Duncan Keith was in those top four defensemen, but a guy that every time we talk about these great teams is criminally overlooked was Corey Crawford and how great he was in yeah. the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. Now, he, they, the two games they lost, games two, games three, he gave up seven goals, and they, only, they lost both of those games by one goal. The four wins gave up three goals. Yeah. <laughs> three one-goal games he, and, and then, then shut the out shutout the to clinch. I'm telling you. And he's he's was criminally overrated in by this very fan base. Underrated. Underrated. That's what I mean. Underrated. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I, I, only now, looking back, and I think a lot of fans can go back and say, oh, yeah, he was great. But there were so many meatheads around here that wanted anybody but Corey Crawford. Uh, so many meatheads nationally that, oh, any team, any goalie can win with this team. Not true. Not true. Nope. He will have a debate on another episode, I'm sure, this offseason. I don't care what anybody says. He's a Hall of Fame goalie in my book based on what he was able to do. You're foreshadowing in next those, week. In those runs. <laughs> yeah, maybe after the draft. Um he should have his number retired. I don't care. You win two Stanley Cups as a goalie and for any team. You should nobody should wear your number again. And he's statistically in the top three of pretty much every goalie category. He's, if he, if not, he leads a, a few. It's Glenn Hall. For it's the Tony franchise. Esposito. And it's him. And, and then Corey it's Crawford. him and Belfort. Well, and but Scott Darling's got a bunch because of super small sample size too. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But he's like career leader in goals against. Yeah. Yeah. Guys who have played more than one postseason right, run. Right. Right. I mean, it's 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 Hall. It's Esposito, and Crawford is third best all time. You know, had Belfour won that cup in 92, he's in that discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Crawford's got the rings, and that's what everybody cares yep. about. And, you know. I, I wonder I wonder if that 13 or, or 15 Conn Smythe goes to Corey Crawford if we're talking about, if, if we're not having as heated, as, as divisive of a debate of is he Hall of Fame worthy or not. He should have got it in 13. I think even yeah. Patrick Kane said it. Yeah, he should have got. He it absolutely should have. Um, he was. He would have been. He would have been my pick. Well, he, even he, even in that postseason where he was having this amazing run, he had that slip up in Game well, Five in Boston that they won. They won. They the won. F- they this, won the this, game. That's all that matters. This is what drives me crazy. He gave about up this. one less goal than the guy at the other end of the ice. That's all you have to is do. Is hockey fans, including Hawk fans, let dumbass Pierre Maguire influence their thoughts on Corey Crawford because he get, he happened to give up five goals on the same side it just so happened that they all went in on the same side guess what rask almighty took a rask oh my god never questioned him he gave up six goals all over the effing place mm-hmm. high low five holes stick side <laughs> pick a spot on, on took rask but because Corey crawford gave up five on one side he's all of a sudden this bum who's just like along for the ride right here with that stuff man like that that pissed me off it cost him the con smythe yeah that coverage of that game, oh, Corey Crawford just can't stop anything with his glove hand. Bullshit. Watch the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. He's he won, that drove me crazy. He won that game, and because yeah. of that game, they won the game every time he made a great glove save. From there on out, I just tweeted glass, hashtag glove hand. Seriously, <laughs> it's just, it was so. It's just 
and that's why I hated about Pierre. Like the the clinging to the narrative, just clinging whatever uh, it is, cling to it with all you can. Don't do any work to disprove or right. prove the narrative. Just make sure you lean into it. But don't don't sh- don't illustrate anything about Corey Crawford's like heat zones or anything like that. Don't come with any information. Just say it. Just say it on the broadcast in front of millions of people, and then now Corey Crawford has to you know is still thought of. If you ask people around hockey. You say, is Corey Crawford a Hall of Famer? And they laugh at you. And you go, go back and look. Look at the damn numbers. Yeah. You know? And I love Eddie Belfour. Eddie Belfour, one of my to me, favorites. one of the guys that made me love the game. A red ass, a great goalie. Uh, he was, you know, totally 90s hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, like, everything about that guy. He was great. Trash the locker room. Know, that series against Colorado in 96, where him and Wah were back and forth. I was at that game, that triple overtime loss where the Hawks got eliminated. They, and it was just Wah and Belfort back and forth, but the Avalanche were all over the Hawks that game. Yeah. Belfort made 50-something saves. Crawford was better than him. I'm sorry. He you, was. I agree. He was a better goalie for the Hawks than Belfort was and more reliable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every goalie's going to have a couple bad games. Remember Patrick Waugh's last game in Montreal? Yeah. It was <laughs> like he wasn't there. It was like a ghost. <laughs> when he gave up eight goals every or something Every puck like that. went past yeah. him. It happens. Yeah. And I think another part of the Crawford thing is that because he was so positionally sound – now and again, if a puck like deflected away, there'd be a wide open side, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't like dive like like Martin Brodeur or Dominic Hasek to save it because he's in position, square enough for a shot, and it hits a stick or something, and that's going to be a tap in. And I think that sometimes would bother Hawks fans too, because like, oh, that net was wide open. Well, it was because he was out facing the shot, and the shot got deflected. He's now beat by the random chance of hockey. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. He didn't make a lot of those. I mean, he did make a lot of great saves, but he didn't make those highlight reel. Oh, he's just sprawling shot because he never had to. Big yeah. side to side movement. Same yeah. same argument a lot of people made about Ryan Sandberg over the years. But oh, he never makes any. He never makes any spectacular. He never gets his uniform dirty because he doesn't have to. He doesn't have because he's in yeah. the right place at the right time. Yeah. If he can get it, he'll get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just think you know, it's I, I. You look at some of the career numbers. You take the hardware out of it. You look at some of the career numbers of a guy who you know is going to be a Hall of Fame goaltender, and that's Henrik Lundqvist and Corey Crawford, and they're almost identical yep. for the time that they played and their their career save percentage, goals allowed, like wins, like they're all real close. It's just Lundqvist has you know uh, Olympic medals, has Vezinas. And Corey Crawford has Stanley Cups. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, <laughs> Lundqvist would trade all those Vesnas and Olympic medals for one of Corey Crawford's Stanley Cups. Yeah. Maybe not his face, though. He was there. No. No. Oh. If I was Henrik Lundqvist, I wouldn't <laughs> trade can, my face. You can cling to that narrative all you want. <laughs> <laughs> the Henrik Lundqvist is quite strikingly handsome yeah. narrative. Uh, Lebowski says he disagrees with me. He says, look what Belfort did on the Stars. I'm talking about the Hawks. I'm talking about time with the Hawks. Yeah, yeah we're talking about where they rank in Hawks. Yes. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Overall, was Eddie Belfort a better goalie than Crawford? Probably. But in Chicago, Crawford was better. Yeah. and Just the, because I think that you would have those. Sorry, Mario. Those ahead. games where Belfort's right ass would just cost him games. Like he would lo- completely lose his mind and be completely unhinged and not be able to stop anything. Right. Because he'd be so pissed and so unfocused on the game. There was a lot of that with Eddie. And again, that's part of what I loved about him. Yeah. But I think, yes, Belfort better overall. Crawford had some of career and for a okay. long time. Yep. He but went to fight Jonathan Quick that one oh, series, and I wanted it so I wanted bad. it to happen so bad. <laughs> then oh, there was, if, if Corey would have fed Quick. 
in that if they would if the refs would have let that go oh man the whole debate between is, is jonathan quick or Corey crawford in that era it's it's crawford 100 percent. and then he had, he had that, he had that game uh it was a playoff game against the blues who was it with the robbie fabry just yeah hip checked him in the next week and there was a was either against boston or might have been against anaheim uh in 13 or 15 i can't remember but someone was going after Taze, and he, Crawford just, like, bear hugs him, puts his glove over the, <laughs> the opponent, and just, like, tackles him down. Ugh. He was, man, he was w- great. One other thing that I, I respected the hell out of Corey Crawford for is he was always at his stall after every game. Win, lose. You don't see that a lot for goalies. Uh, he was out there. If he gave up six goals, he sat there and, and answered for it. If he, he wasn't just a guy that, like, I'll come out and talk to you guys when I have a shutout. He was there after every playoff yeah. game to take to take his lumps or to get his praise, whichever. Yeah. And I respect that. You don't – you said you don't see that a ton. I mean, I know, um, you know, covering postseason hockey is different. You get more more guys are forced yeah, yeah. to the media than after a regular season game. But he was there for every game, win or lose. Even the games he got pulled, he was there to answer questions afterwards. So that's that takes a lot of uh, – uh, you know, that, that garners a lot of respect. A lot of guys don't do that. We were talking about this uh, literally moments before the show started, and I wanna, wanted to pull this up again. So Patrick Kane uh, was tied for the lead in, in points for that postseason run in, in 2015. Do you know who he was tied with? I think I figured it out the second we went on the air. It dawned on me because now it's relevant. Is it current Blackhawk? Tyler Johnson. It is current Blackhawk Tyler Johnson who had 23 points, 13 goals and 23 points in 26 games for the Lightning. That's what he people awesome. forget. Tyler Johnson had about a five or six year period where he was he was like second best player on that team behind Stamkos. Yeah. And then Kucherov and Hedman got their footing and point came along. Kucherov 22 points in that postseason. But Tyler Johnson had a stretch where he was damn good player. And uh, he's shown flashes of it here. Just can't stay healthy uh, yeah hopefully this is a year where his can, his role eventually changed in in tampa as, yeah. as that team got built up but you know we talk about oh connor bedard needs a mentor he's already here it's tyler johnson yeah. small man playing a big man's game two-time stanley cup winner mm-hmm. professional quadzilla there yeah <laughs> there yeah. it is <laughs> yeah there it is all right we got a lot more uh 2015 memories to share but i'm going to share a 2001 memory with you guys that's oh, when nice. i graduated from lewis university hey good memory sarah were you born yet i was one years old god damn it <laughs> oh, sorry guys <sighs> i did not think that was going to be the answer <laughs> you said 2001 yes yeah okay that's old. enough I'm going to pretend that someone men in black me with that thing right now. I need to not (laughs) remember that usually carry one of those around here. There is one somewhere. Yes. Uh, Oh, my God. All right. Try to regroup and get the read done. Uh, At my alma mater, Lewis University, many of their students are adults just like you. Many have full time jobs and or families. All of them choose Lewis's supportive educational community to help make their transition back to school oh, back to school as easy as possible <laughs> and earn a respected degree. Lewis is 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville and are ranked as one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. That's right. 
Lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offers evening online and blended formats to help you balance work, family, and education. Faculty, like I used to be, bring real-world experience and instruction to the classroom, which is immediately relevant to your career. Lewis offers career support and academic services for adult students. Whether you're looking to complete your bachelor's or master's degree or enroll in a professional certificate program, Lewis has the right program for you. Computer science. They offer an eight-week session, can be completed in one year, concentrations in software and engineering, AI, that's a big thing I hear, cybersecurity, Mm. digital forensics, enterprise, I don't know what that is, and cloud computing. Hey. Adult undergrads, you got computer science, aviation maintenance technology certificate, business analytics, criminal justice, business programs, technology programs. Discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this and take the flyer creed like I had to do my first year. Is he related to Apollo Creed? He is, yes. Flyer flyer creed. creed. Yes. (laughs) Sounds like Lewis University can bring more efficiency to your career. You know what else is big on efficiency? ComEd. Because the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program Big. is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills right now and into the future. Absolutely, Greg. ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or other industrial processes. Hey, uh, I, I, I always tune out this part, but how does that uh, you work? you got to stop tuning I'm gonna out. Stop. I'm going to listen right Focus. now. Focus. All right. All Focus right. up. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers like you, Greg, will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, percental incentives, and simple payback. So if you own a business, do not wait. Get started saving money and energy, also known as Monergy, today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz. All right, I was listening, but I missed that last part. Did you say <laughs> comed.com slash powering biz? Yes, that's exactly what I said. B-I-Z. Biz is B-I-Z. Nice. Schedule your appointments today. Yes. At uh, 3.01 p.m., please. There you go. Once we're done. Um, speaking of uh, 2015, that's a team that finished third in the Central Division that year. I don't know if you guys sort of had the same feeling entering that season to me where it was kind of like they're kind of on a downswing a little bit. Um, not that I could really, I don't know, maybe it just felt that way because finishing third, it wasn't quite the dominance we were used to in a regular season from the Hawks. Um, and then the playoffs began, and, and like you said, started off a little rocky. Yeah. That was a really stressful. They all are. They're all very it's stressful. It's all stressful, and but I can't wait to experience that stress again. Once they won that first round, then they sweep Minnesota. Yeah. That Anaheim series was a bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yes. That series was, it, when you think back, that might have been, in my mind, the most stressful of all the series they played. Yeah. Because you felt like they had kind of met their match. Yeah. Like, Anaheim was the team that could hang with them yeah. depth-wise, skill-wise, all those things. Step for step. That series was that yeah. was incredibly stressful. I'm that, glad I was in Mexico they were for two da- And they games. were down 3-2 in that yeah. series. I was at my cousin's wedding in Mexico, 
And some by some miracle, the bar we were at had the Hawks on the big screen. Wow. So I'm just sitting there like nervously drinking daiquiris as the Hawks are <laughs> playing the Ducks. Man, it was it was a lot of fun to not have to work those nights. But, my God, that it's, whole series was – that was stressful. a war, man. Yeah, I think, you know, thinking back to that season, I think we were, as fans, mostly – I think most fans were in that, you know, comfort zone of like, you know what, regular season is regular season – just you know, make sure that you, you get into the playoffs, and that that roster was still very much constructed to be, you know, a, a playoff roster, a dominant a, a dominant team, a team that could could win multiple ways. Um, I think the injury to Patrick Kane when it happened was concerning uh, because he was playing at I believe a point per game pace uh, and potentially uh, on his way to you know a. Uh, an MVP caliber season when he went down and, and, and broke his collarbone. Um, so I think that was, that was a concerning moment because it, it looked, you know, the time frame for, you know, having his collarbone surgically right. repaired and everything, it was looking like, Oh, he might not be ready for the first round. And then sure enough for game one, he's out there against Nashville. Um, but yeah, I, I think back to that season, I think, you know, you had the, the, the run in 15, the run to the conference final in 14. I think it just kind of felt like, all right, this is a team that's going to be in the postseason. This is a team that can do a lot of damage. Like, just make sure you qualify for the postseason, and then we'll we'll, yeah. we'll figure things out from much, there. Much like Tampa the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. Just get there, and then they know how to get it done. That, that Anaheim series in 15 was probably the most – of the conference finals, even the one they lost to the Kings, I thought that fifth that that the going into that 2014 final conference final, I was like, we're gonna beat these guys. Yeah. We beat them last year. We won game one. Uh, got it to game seven on home ice. Like yeah. this is gonna, this is fine. Like o- overtime in game seven. Oh, this <laughs> is what they do, they win. Mm-hmm. So I was never stressed out, but I never thought that series was in doubt, even to the bitter end. It was still one of those things where, like, wait, that goal went in. No, right. it's not over, is it? How? Mm-hmm. No, they were supposed to win. That doesn't this. count, right? Yeah. But that duck series was one I was like, I don't know about this one, mm-hmm. especially when they went down three two. Uh, but my my favorite game of that postseason is Game Seven of Anaheim of that series. Oh yeah, that was the game where Jonathan Taves, probably my favorite Jonathan Taves game of his entire career, where he just stepped out on the ice and said, "You are not beating yeah. us tonight." He had a goal, uh, what in the first couple minutes yeah. of that game. Yeah, he had, he had two, two, two first period two goals. Two first right? period goals, yeah. but scored. Uh, Two two twenty three into the first period, just took the crowd out. Mm-hmm. Got a power play goal about ten minutes later, and then Saad scored, made it three nothing earlier in the second. It was done. They were up four mm-hmm. nothing before Osa scored. Before Ryan Kessler yeah. and his big mouth uh, <laughs> scored a meaningless goal, um, it was over. Jonathan Taves just said, "You yeah. guys are not winning this game," and it was awesome. Uh, that was my favorite game of that cup run of that year because yeah. it went from the least stressful playoff series of all those years with the minnesota i mean it was just like oh, yeah the only like, what are we even doing the yeah. only stressful time of that series was the final like five minutes when it was four nothing and then minnesota scored like three goals in two minutes yeah and i was like oh shoot but then uh, uh, they hold it they hold on they but to worry about that it went from the least stressful series of all those cup runs to the most probably mm-hmm. yeah uh, you know outside of you know there there were some stressful moments but were there any series in 2010 or 2013 
that you really thought they were going to lose? Nashville game five, I thought they were going to lose. If they lost I mean, game the, five, I thought that was going to be over. Yeah. And once they won that, it was like, this team's not losing. Being down 3-1 to Detroit in 2013 was very nervy. It was. Because that was, that was Detroit kind of on their last leg of like being a really super competitive. Well, and you had... Contender. This is 40 years of PTSD from the Red Wings kicking your ass. Right, exactly. You know and I mean? it was like, the Red like, Wings, yeah. Yeah, it's like, of course, if this is how it's going to go. Yeah. That historically great team is going to get uh, just eliminated by and the it was, team you hate the most. Yeah, and it was, you know, it was the second round. You're down 3-1 after. It's funny, of, of the... Uh, of the three cup runs, I think maybe the two least stressful series were when they played Minnesota in, t- in 2013 yeah. and 2015. Yeah, they, and, they, and they beat them in 2014, too. Yeah. You never, you never, you never thought, feared the, the wild. Yeah. You never thought they were going to. It was three straight years where we beat them. Mm-hmm. And you never were worried. And it never had the Vancouver feel either. Of no. like the hatred of the rivalry. No, because it. It, it was always just, like, oh, yeah, because it was just like, ah, oh, Minnesota's here. That's fun. Well, I know the, ho- it was the like Hawks when you would hold them. like your little brother by the head <laughs> yeah. as he's swinging punches like, uh, at you, yeah. like in space like Lone Star. Yeah, <laughs> um, the uh, but the, the 2015 series against the Wild, aside from Game Two, every goal, every game was a one goal game. Like it, it was kind of close, and the Wild were annoying. Yeah, like you knew they were gonna win, but it was like, God, just like piss off already. Get out of the way. Suspended was that 2015 Wild Ooh. series against the Wild? Would innocent bystander Charlie Coyle? Was that 2015? I mean, yeah, Coyle would would have been on the Wild. Yeah, because Keith got suspended because he's he's tomahawk chopped him with a stick, but that was after. Coil hit him in the head like three times. He just had enough of his crap. That was no, wasn't that again? He got suspended in fourteen against, against Car- uh, with Carter. Yeah, yeah. But then again in fifteen, there was that Car- the it Carter was, uh, suspension was sixteen. That happened. Was, yeah, that was sixteen against 16. the Blues. No. How many uh, suspensions did Duncan Keith have in the Keith postseason? Got, no, there was the King series. That was twenty thirteen. This is from, this is from April second, twenty sixteen, from Tracy Myers. Keith on Coyle. I talked to him, apologized. I called and left a message, and he called me back, so it was appreciative of that. Well, maybe it happened in a regular season game. I thought that happened in the playoff series. It might have been a regular season game. Um, Duncan Keith suspended for striking yeah. Charlie Coyle in face with stick. This is from... Must have, I think it was a regular season Minnesota game. Minnesota Wild beat the Blackhawks 4-1 on Tuesday, but the loss definitely was... Definitely wasn't a 2015 one, Yeah, it wasn't 15, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was a regular season turns. game then. All right, I get... All those years are jumbled in the one... This must have been giant, 14. Yeah. Um, hey, our credentials got approved. Sweet. Hey, sweet. Nice. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> no one cares. Production <laughs> meeting on the air. Nice. All right. Oh, no. This was 16. All right, so it was a regular season game. It was a regular season game. I've always called him innocent bystander Charlie Coyle since that incident because he he did take a slash to the face, but he kind of deserved it. He was being a pudwag. It's always the retaliation that gets called. Yeah. Yeah, that's Uh, true. But the word that comes to mind when I'm thinking about 2015 is is the quote you've mentioned many times from from, uh, Ken Hitchcock, resiliency. Resolve. Resolve. That's the one he used. Same thing. Same word. But it's the one he used. The Hawks had plenty of both. That the, the, when you look at that, yep. that that they had four games of a, of multiple overtime and that, and they won all four of them. Yeah, they just kept coming they at keep you. Coming, they're never out. It's I think I said it. Uh, maybe it was twenty. Whenever whatever last memory show we did is the Hawks didn't lose. They ran out of time. Mm-hmm. That's how it felt almost all the time for them. Yeah, and it, they had that feeling too. The that roster makeup 
through that that time frame you you never felt like there was a glaring weakness that would be like oh i don't know if they're going to be able to overcome that or anything like that it's just it was they were teams built to play any style of game and you know guys that had been there and done that over the years and and you never never questioned their ability to kind of step up and and ha- have someone step up, whether it was Seabrook or Keith or Kane or Taze, or if it was Andrew Shaw or Dave Bolin or Brian Bickle or Ben Eager, like all those all those teams had someone who could who could step up uh, mm-hmm. and 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 play a big role. Antoine Vermette, like you know, Brad guys, Richard, guys, Brad, that, Richards. Brad Richards, guys that weren't here. The first time we've said Brad Richards on this podcast, it might be for real. Uh, you know what I mean? Like in reference to the Hawks? Maybe. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, Brad Richards. Outside of, oh, yeah, I forgot Brad Richards. Oh, yeah. Was on yeah. That team. <laughs> but I'm just looking at this now. Brad Richards had two primary assists in that game seven against Anaheim. Yep. I, I was gonna, yeah, I was going to mention. So on both of their, on both of their goals in that, in that game six against Tampa, um, Keith, Richards, Kane, and Saad were on, on the ice for, for both of them. Keith Richards? Sweet. Keith, Duncan Keith, comma Brad Richards, <laughs> punctuation. Brad Richards, Patrick Kane, Brandon Saad. They were all on the. Those four were on the ice for both goals, and I think the other defensemen were Seabrook and Oduya. I think. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, or no, Jalmerson and Oduya. That was what was special about those teams is you had elite superstars, but they didn't have to be elite superstars every night. Yeah, yeah, and that's why. You compare them to the the Vegas Golden Knights. Do the Vegas Golden Knights this year have what you would consider an elite player on their team? They have a lot of very good players. Eichel, Jack, Jack Eichel. Would you consider him elite? Yeah, I think so. You would have like to me elite. But he's like the second tier elite. The elite me, has different tiers. To me, elite yeah. is McDavid, McDavid Crosby in his prime, Crosby. Matthews, Ovechkin. Those are elite. I don't put Eichel in that. No, category. I agree with that. He's in like the Dreisaitl. The very good. Like the, ne- like the next tier of, of great. I would consider Dreisaitl elite. Right I have now. upper elite. Average elite and lower elite, I would say Eichel's a lower elite player. To me, he's a very There's good There's only player. like two players up here. Yeah. Matthews, McDavid. But they don't have a, they don't really have a eventually. Kane or, or Taves or a Duncan Keith. Of their primes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they, no. But they had four lines and three defensive pairings all doing their jobs. Yep. And you didn't know which line was going to beat you on a particular night with Vegas, and you didn't know what line was going to beat you in any of those cup runs. Mm-hmm. Because let's look at some of those most important important games. I just Googled 2023 Golden Knights, and my computer had fireworks on it. Nice. That, did it stop? It stopped. It's, it stopped. Damn it. it, it that was cool. Like, here, um, but uh, <laughs> the fireworks have completely there, derailed there. me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember what I, what I, I was going <laughs> to say. Hey, fireworks. Yeah. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> we are like the shiny object Ooh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that really literally was pretty. That, that did distract me. I'm you sorry. Know what, you know what? Cool. Speaking of shiny objects, shirtless dark guy has a shirt on. That means. Oh, come on. It's like 75. That, that Someone mean, go yell and take your shirt off. That <laughs> means three more weeks of winter. Take your clothes off. <laughs> uh, you were talking about elite players. Elite yeah, players. That's where you were that, at. That, and then you said they don't have has, a cane or Taves. That thought. They don't. Yeah. Shit. Well, and, and I think. You know, you look at what the Blackhawks are going to be, hopefully, what they're trying to build up to be, and you kind of, you know, you can pencil it in. They have one coming, and that's Connor Bedard. That's one of those players that if he hits all his benchmarks as everyone kind of is is projecting him to be and, and, and what it looks like he could be at the NHL level, 
that is that is an upper elite talent. And I think from there, you know, you go down their prospect list of guys that they have now, some young players that they have already uh, in the NHL now. Like you have those those guys that could project out to be some of those upper upper level important players. You got guys that could come in and fill roles. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I it's all speculation, projection, hope, wishful thinking. Um, but if you have a number of those guys that already are here, not even talking about potential players that they could trade for or acquire, which those cup teams did, um, there's already guys here that if they hit their benchmarks, they could fill a lot of those pieces of, of a team that in maybe three or four years you're talking about, this could be a legit cup contender. And, you know, yesterday we were talking about, you know, NHL futures for the Stanley Cup. You know, if, if those kinds of players come in and, and, and progress as we all hope that they do, you, you have Kyle Davidson make some smart moves, sticking to his rebuilding plan and, and not overextending on a free agent or a trade too early. Yeah, I think that there's, there's a blueprint and a path forward for the team to, to have a lot of, uh, have a good mixture of homegrown talent and, you know, precisely a targeted free agents or trades i know it sounds sounds easy to say yeah and then you have a stanley cup contender but it's it's kind of the blueprint that you go back through the last couple of years each team had that each team had that blueprint so it's a proven method mm-hmm. you have your counter bedard set now um well in 13 days and um but as we've seen in many instances you gotta have more than you have to have more than just the stars um you know you gotta you got to have your Dave Bolins, your Brian Bickles, your 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 Marcus Krugers, mm-hmm. uh, your Christopher Steegs, Ben Eager. Got to, you know, Ben Eager scored a huge goal in that 2010 Stanley Cup final. Yep. Yeah. Um, you got to have those guys too, because without those guys, ask Connor McDavid. You know, ask Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews. We all we keep hearing core four, core four. Well, you got to have 18 guys to win a Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. and the Vegas Golden Knights were 18 guys pulling in the same direction. The Panthers were 11 or 12 guys, got them through three, three rounds, and then yeah, all of a sudden, you know, it all fell apart. So you got to have, and it's it's easy to to draft a Connor Bedard or an Austin Matthews or a Connor McDavid. That's the easiest pick you're ever going to make as a GM. Yeah, it's tougher to get those guys in those later rounds that become key contributors, or to bet on, find and bet on a guy like Jonathan Marshall who was not drafted. Right. Like you, you, you are going to each Stanley Cup team is going to have a player or two that is not on anyone's radar. Dustin Bufflin. Dustin Bufflin. Yeah. That that is going to show up and and play a role that you're not expecting. So you need that sometimes. Yep. I mean, there's one thing that Vegas has shown in their existence that hopefully, and I think we've seen a little of it already, maybe a lot of it already in Kyle Davidson. If you want to win in this league, you have to be ruthless. You have to be cold-hearted at times, mm-hmm. and you have to be aggressive. Um, Look what you can't have loyalty to prospects. You can't have loyalty to players. If there's a if the, if there's a guy, a prospect you love, but there's a guy out there that's going to help you win this year, you got to cut ties. Vegas gave away Mark Andre Fleury for nothing and took a lot of heat because they need to clear cap space. Yep. And then they were able to make the trade for Jack Eichel because of that. 
They traded away Nick Suzuki, the, the now captain of the Montreal Canadiens, for Max Pacioretty, and then they let Max Pacioretty, they traded him for nothing mm-hmm. because they needed to get rid of his salary. And now they're Stanley Cup champions. Now they don't care about any of those guys. I think yeah. it also gives the message, too, and I, I think of not, and we're going to do it, I'm going to do it, knee-jerking every move that's made. Because when you have a GM with foresight, like Kyle Davidson seems to have, he's thinking two, three years down the road instead of what he who shall not be named was doing where I will deal with this year, now. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'll deal with now, now, and figure the rest out as I go. That's what got them in the position they're in now. Yeah. Now, Davidson seems to be the kind of guy who's thinking, like, for instance, last year, when they drafted Korchinski at seven, we're like, another defenseman? He was looking at this draft, which is super thin on defensemen. Yep. Now it makes a lot of sense when you look at things, right? If I'm, so, not, if I'm not looking to compete in five years, I'll get my elite defenseman now and my elite forwards next year as opposed to trying to do it the other way right. around. Just yes. because. Or to, to try and address every need yeah. in the moment. Nope. It's, right. it's, we're not used to it. Well, we're getting used to it. Yeah. We yeah. weren't used to it for a long time. Well, I, it's refreshing, and I love it. Yeah, and I think Vegas's mentality – I think was kind of spurned on by the fact that their expansion draft made them viable right away. And they, w- I think you go into a market like Vegas, you can't have a loser. Like you're going to yeah, be the first, right. you know, major men's pros pros team in that, in that, in that city, you have to make your mark right away. So they, they started the franchise in a win now mentality. I think when the Blackhawks get to the point where they're like, you know what, I think we have something special that's when I think the the win now mentality s- switches, and if you if if a team comes to you and says we will give you you know we have a, a ten million dollar player that isn't playing up to potential and is really you know strapping our, our our cap we need to move money and they need to change the scenery or something if if Kyle Davison feels like that player is is worth bringing in worth adding to the the group that he's going to have in a few years and you have to sacrifice a first round pick for it if you're in a win now mode those are the moves you kind of have to make because you 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 have to be able to to like you said have that ruthlessness um because you you you're not gonna win anything by clutching pearls for too long it's great that we have all these draft picks now because you need them in a few years, if they if they're a contending team and they have four second round picks, toss a couple of them away for for guys that are going to help you win a cup now, because those last forever. Picks are right finite. Nobody nobody in the long history of the Golden Knights fandom is going to miss Nick Suzuki now. No, because they've got the banner. Right. You know, granted Max Pacioretty wasn't part of this team, but still, you know. You don't remember those, those things. You don't care anymore. Do you, you know some of the back ends of of the Seabrook contract and and the Kane, the Kane and Taves contracts? They weren't great, but you know what is fine. You know you don't you don't trade those memories away. You know everybody worried about all these prospects and draft picks the Hawks were trading while they were winning, but it helped us get key guys for those cups mm-hmm. and. Yeah, the, we'll we'll get to that point again, um, hopefully. Who did the Coyotes um, pick with that for Met trade? I'll find it. Uh, it wasn't David Runblad. No, oh. no, Blackhawks legend. Please. Yeah, he was. No, uh, the Blues selected Vladimir Torisenko with the pick they got from Ottawa for David Runblad. 
Oh yeah, that's what it was. I knew somebody that worked somebody, out. Yeah, that worked out pretty well for them. Not so much for the Rangers, but no, for the Blues. Not so much. Um, somebody posted a tweet, and I, I retweeted it because I got it. That's calling the New York Rangers the ultimate losers of the playoffs because they lost to the Devils, who lost to the Hurricanes, who <laughs> lost to the Panthers, who <laughs> lost to the Golden yes. Knights. <laughs> so they were like the ultimate losers of the playoffs. Like, oh, that just breaks my wow. heart. The Coyotes <laughs> Too bad, so selected 30th overall in 2015, Nick Merkley. Oh, okay. Well, you know, what could have been for Nick Merkley if he was here in Chicago? Oh, I'd rather have Antoine Vermette and his I'd rather have game-winning his, goals. I'd rather have his name on the Stanley Cup that's outside of their locker room that we wait out for after every morning skate. Yes. His name is there forever. There you go. All right, before we wrap up, uh, there is some breaking hockey news we want to share with you. But first, we're going to tell you about Shady Rays. Yes, Shady Rays. Where did my Shady Rays go? They're usually on my head. On I, wore, head. I wore them uh, today, my super clear, awesome Shady Rays. Uh, they are an independent sunglasses company that has you covered for the warm weather ahead. It's going to get here eventually. It was here for a day, and now it's gone. It's warm. Uh, but they're premium, premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product just as good as any expensive pair we've worn but i say even better i was a customer of theirs long before i even landed at chgo so i could tell you their durable frames and extremely clear optics are perfect for any of your outdoor adventures and that's not all shady rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your pair even on the very first day they're going to send you a brand new pair no questions asked Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they will have your back long after you make your purchase. And together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners throughout the United States with the Shady Rays Impact Initiative. They're doing everything from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others just like it now and for years to come. And if you don't love your Shady Rays... But you will. You can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's absolutely no risk when you buy from Shady Rays. And right now, exclusively for our wonderful, charming, and beautiful listeners, that's you guys. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Head over to ShadyRays.com. Put two pairs of their awesome polarized sunglasses in your cart. Use the promo code CHGO, and you're going to get 50% off that order Try for yourself the sunglasses rated five stars by over a quarter of a million folks. Yeah, Oof. and you're going to look uh, hot and folks. sexy in your Shady Rays, but you also need more clothing. You can't just walk outside like dark guy with sunglasses and nothing else. So get fitted you. out in the best sports gear around. You Hoodies, at least need a banana hammock. Shoes. Yeah, banana hammock, sandals, slippers, everything in between. It is spring and it's baseball season. Go to foco.com and get decked out with Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. As you look around our set here, you see all the sweet uh, bobbleheads and things we have here. That's all from our friends at Foco. We appreciate them for that. Head over to foco.com or click the link in our description below. For all non-presale items, use the code CHGO. And you'll save 10% off your order. That is 10% off with code CHGO at FOCO.com. That is F-O-C-O.com. We've got some Alex Debrinkit news from the Ottawa Sun, and it's Bruce. I never know how to say his last name. Garyach. Garyach. I always say Garyoch. 
That was close. Uh, League sources told Post Media on Thursday morning that the Senators have elected to take the 25-year-old winger Alex Dabrinkit to arbitration to see if they can get a discount on his $9 million salary next season. Good luck with that. The deadline is 5 p.m. Thursday for NHL teams to elect to take restricted free agents to arbitration. And GM Pierre Dorian hinted in an interview with TSN 1200 recently the organization would go this route if Dabrinkit wasn't prepared to sign a long-term deal with the Senators. Post Media has confirmed that Dabrinkit doesn't want to sign an extension here, so this is no shocker that the Senators will go this route. The club is actively trying to trade him and would like that done before unrestricted free agency begins on July 1st. So there you go. And when we were all freaking out, me included, that the Hawks didn't get enough for Alex Dabrinkit, this is part of why. Mm -hmm. Because they knew that he might not be willing to sign in certain places, so it shrunk the market. And Ottawa was super happy about it, and now it's a one and done for Alex to bring it. A lot of people hated that trade. A lot of people still criticize that trade. You got Kevin Korczynski, who's going to make you forget about Alex to bring it. And if Alex Dabrinkit is on this team last year, you probably don't get Connor Bedard either. Right. Korczynski nope. and Bedard for Dabrinkit. Who says no? You well, and Ottawa gets them for one year where they missed the playoffs, and now right. Yeah. So. Yeah, Ottawa got him for one regular season. Yep. Yeah, you take Korchinski. You also got uh, Paul Ludwinski. Yeah. As another, the as Pol- another addition, old pick, the and Polish they pride draft. Yeah, and next year's uh, extra third round pick, I think, is in, is in that trade too. So you got three future pieces, and one that looks like very close to a lock to be, you know, a a, a contributing NHL player for a long time. For 82 games of Alex Dabrinkit. Yep. It's not bad. There you have it. Sometimes you got to let things play out before you automatically rule a trade bad or yeah. good. Don't tell me what to do. We're back tomorrow <laughs> at oh, we 2. Gotta, we got to pay off one thing. Oh, our, uh, our bracket. We have a winner. Wow. Remember the CHGO yep. Blackhawks yes. bracket? Uh, the winner. We had how many people picked Vegas? Uh, Nobody. A lot. It, did we they? had eight people. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Because I know eight. the winner was determined before the final even started. Was it? Yeah. Oh, well, we had eight people pick <laughs> Vegas. Uh, so congratulations to Josh. Uh, I'm going to say Mashka? Mashka? I would say Micah. Micah. Josh M., congratulations. You yes. have won. He was, uh, I think he was in the chat Blackhawks. He was in the chat today. He was there all today the time. Too? I, saw, right, I, saw cool. him, yep. I saw him early in the chat. Yeah. So we will be reaching out to Josh, and you will get your prize pack for winning the bracket. Thank you for everyone for participating. It was a lot of fun, even though most of us were eliminated after the first round. Yes, that's <laughs> tough. Yeah, I was done after round two. There's no doubt about that. Yep. All right, we got to make room. Is CHGO Sports up next? I think so. Sure. Isn't it Thursday at three? I see it's all Thursday. the important. I see all the important. People all the here. all right. the all the regulars well, are here. Stick around so and we're, we're chomping out. into their time. So. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow, two o'clock on a CHGO Blackhawks podcast.